Noah Alvarez here, and welcome to another episode of the My Mike and I podcast. Want to give a shout out to everyone listening. Thank you for your support. Also want to give a shout out to Generic Sports for producing the instrumental in the background. You can check out more of his work at soundcloud.com slash generic sports. Also, shout out to my boy Vince Correa, who has helped me in a lot of different ways with the podcast, including designing the My Mike and I logo that you are seeing in your screen. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at underscore Noah Alvarez or follow the My Mike and I podcast on Instagram at my period Mike and period I. One more time, my period Mike and period I. Every now and then I'll be posting polls and questions to get the fans more interacted with the show. I really want to start doing that on a more consistent basis, on a, on a weekly basis, because that's, you know, I'm producing a podcast each week. So I really want to start doing that more consistently. This past week, I was discussing with a friend after listening to, you know, a few Kendrick Lamar songs on the way home from work. And we were talking about which Kendrick Lamar song is his favorite, but also which he thought was his best. And, you know, it may sound like a similar, the same question to, bo- to y'all, but just to kind of break it down, your favorite song is an opinionated, right? No one could tell you what your favorite shouldn't be or should be. But to choose a best song from any artist, you have to look at it more objectively. And anyways, I, I asked the question, which was Kendrick Lamar's best song on Twitter and Instagram? And of course, I got a variety of different answers. And I wanted to share those answers with y'all. The most three common answers I got were Sing About Me, Money Trees, and Swimming Pools. Interestingly enough, all three are featured on the Good Kid Mad City album, which I enjoyed a lot. I didn't think it was good as the Tempipa Butterfly album Kendrick released in 2015, but nonetheless, we're talking about an individual song. And, you know, for me, my favorite, not the best, my favorite has to be King Kunta. I love the way Kendrick Lamar used funk beats throughout the whole album, especially that song. Uh, that song was produced by Terrace Martin and Soundwave. It, it was up tempo, the lyrics were powerful, and anytime I feel like lacking, really lacking in confidence, I'll play that song, King Kunta, to help me get me back on track to whatever I was doing, and usually it gives me a great confidence boost. I feel all types of sort of way. I, I'm feeling myself after a song like that. But to choose Kendrick's best song, I'm gonna have to roll with Money Trees off of Good Kid, Mad City, a few others had commented that that was their favorite song, or that was their, in their opinion, that was the best song by Kendrick Lamar, and I'm gonna have to agree. There's a lot going on in this song, but I really wanna start with the instrumental. It's produced by DJ Dahi. He sampled a song titled Silver Soul by an alternative indie group called Beach House. There's a cool video on YouTube called Behind, Behind the Beat with DJ Dahi, and he talks about how he found the sample, and how he reversed it, and really, with that sample everything down to the bird chirps and everything it it just really sets that tone like you're at the park or you're just you're outside under a tree which is very fitting because the title of the track is called money trees and it's referenced in a few times in the song too and then of course obviously with any great instrumental with any great beat there has to be good lyrics and kendrick's storytelling ability is it's something second to none, right? It's displayed throughout the whole Good Kid, Mad City album, but it really hits in this song. Let's start with the hook. It goes Halleberry or Hallelujah. And it really that means, to break it down, it chooses. It means you can either choose to do good and follow the right path, or you can fall into that temptation 
that trap, which is something he faces with in the song, which he mentions, you know, in the song he mentions him and his homies plotting a home invasion or doing other legal things for money. But you also hear the innocence of Kendrick and his, you know, and his homies hanging out in lines like dreams of living life like rappers do, bump that new E40 after school, or a line like hot sauce all in our top ramen, park the car and we start rhyming, you're the only thing we had to free our mind. And so, and so, you know, I look at those differences, the the battle back and forth Kendrick is facing, and obviously it's portrayed in the hook and, of course, in all the verses. So I think, you know, the storytelling ability is, is great. And, you know, I don't want to get too into this. We, we could dedicate a whole podcast to just dissecting Kendrick Lamar's music, especially Money Trees or especially Good Kid, Mad City. But that's, that's not the goal of this podcast. Again, this is something I just want to do on a more consistent basis, have some different topics to discuss and open the show with. Maybe just ask some open-ended questions or have you have you the listeners ask some open-ended questions on those social medias and then me just answering them on the podcast. It's a lot of fun. If you disagree with my opinion or if you disagree with Money Trees being the best song, you know, feel free to feel free to reach out to me on the social medias. Feel free to reach out. Tell me which Kendrick song you think is best. Also, which one you think is favorite. All right. Now is a good time for a commercial break. We'll be right back after a quick ad from the Body Count podcast, which is one of the many great podcasts on the Big Heads Podcast Network. While you may think that history is eh, vaguely interesting, the truth is it's fun and metal AF. Echoes of the past are still reverberating through our world today, and Body Count is here to show you how our shared history affects your life on the daily. Whether you know it or not. So, are you past the point of higher education? Feel like you didn't learn anything from your high school history teacher? Or just didn't give a flying crap about it? Are you tired of always missing out on the yellow history pie piece and trivial pursuit? Are you the horror of all your friends' game nights? Did you once proudly announce that Napoleon Bonaparte was a super short little nutsack? When in reality, he was an average-sized nutsack. Have you been thinking about living under a faulty dam? Or perhaps an active volcano? Well, we have good news. It's not too late for you or your homeowner's insurance. Come on over and listen to Body Count, the podcast that explores death and disaster through the ages with only one rule. Someone, or usually a lot of someone's, dies. Because history doesn't repeat itself, it rhymes. A proud member of the MSE Podcast Network. Boom, and we are back. Noah Alvarez here, and a reminder that the Mamaika and I podcast is available and can be found on Apple, on Spotify, on TuneIn, on Google Play, on SoundCloud, and on Stitcher. It's September, and I'm recording this on September 20th, but if you're listening to this on September 21st, I ask that you, at this moment, please pause this podcast, go to your music app or whatever you use to listen to new music, Search September by Earth, Wind, and Fire, and enjoy. (laughs) No, but seriously, it's September. Happy Hispanic Heritage Month. As a Hispanic myself, I do love highlighting other Latinos and Latinas who are out there doing great things on the show. Just to list some previous episodes that I've had with, uh, with guests of the Hispanic ethnicity. Episode 68 with Kevin Ramirez. He built an athletic apparel brand called Vision Clothing. Episode 64, young rapper Johnny C. out of Pico Rivera, who has some pretty big goals. 
episode 61, A Baseball Journey with Josh Vargas from Santa Ana High School all the way to the College World Series with Cal State Fullerton. Episode 46, titled Too Much Machismo for Feelings. That one's with Vince Ortiz and some other friends from my uh, Sunday League baseball team, and we talk about growing up in a Latino household. Episode 30, titled Microwave Society with Vince Correa, Jesus, and JJ, plus a few others. There's a lot of others, uh, other podcasts and uh, other episodes highlighting Latinos and highlighting Hispanics that are doing great things, big things in the world. So I love it, you know, love seeing it. And of course me, you know, I got my podcast too, doing big things with it as well. On this week's show, I have another Latino on the show and he goes by the name of Luis Nava or also known as DJ Bebel. Luis is the CEO of DJ Bebel Entertainment, but he started out as a DJ from the city of Santa Ana. We talk about his journey, how he turned a hobby into a business and much, much more. So without further ado, hope y'all enjoy the convo with DJ Bebo and I. All right, as always, love to uh, love to thank my, my guests as far as hopping on the show. So really appreciate you taking out the time out of your day to hop on the show. Yeah, of course, man. Thank you for you know having me on board, and uh, let's get this started. So tell me, what is DJ Bebo Entertainment? Uh, DJ Bebo Entertainment, it's a, uh, you know, it's a entertainment company here in Orange County that we provide DJ services, lighting, decor, uh, for any type of event. Um, we also offer photo booths that, you know, been getting so popular in the past few years, ever since I went full-time in this business. Um, but we also offer a few other services that people want for their special day. And um, it's something that we've been, you know, working on every day and try to work as hard as we can to make it better and as a business yeah that's the goal for us to grow so yeah it's a it's a business that we want to grow mm-hmm. you know it's pretty cool because i remember you from just like a mutual family friend you know seeing you at their parties seeing you at different weddings and then i see you on instagram now and you have you do so many different things and it's really grown but what was your like your first kind of like getting your foot in the door as far as like entertainment providing the services you do now when I got started in, as a DJ, it was back in, uh, I think I want to bring it back to when I was um, sixth, seventh grade. Oh, wow. That's when um, I was not yet introduced into the DJ, but I, all I did was download music. Mm-hmm. I don't remember back in the day in 2001, 2002, we used to download music through Kazaa, Media, mm-hmm. um, Bear Share, LimeWire, all yeah, those days. LimeWire. Back in that day, all I did after school was come home, disconnect my mom's uh, phone, and just go straight into downloading music. Yeah. Um, but ever since then, um, that was my hustle back in the day. I used to sell CDs to all my friends, oh, all my okay. neighbors, people in school. I would burn CDs for like five bucks, right? There you go. But each song will take about 16 minutes to download. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was just sitting, downloading music, and it got to the point when I became a freshman sophomore my brother gave me my first pair of turntables mm. um at that time i um i was already i i knew every artist every new song from the top of my head because all i did was down music mm-hmm. so from there my cousin wally dj wally um we would always hang out he also bought his first pair of turntables he had speakers he had everything i didn't have everything yet but I was to the point where I was, we were able to like partner up and mm-hmm. you know do something cool for a small party, backyard yeah. party, 
and, and it worked out. You know, we did our first Halloween party for his sister's mm-hmm. birthday in his back in their backyard, and you know, it went well. Everything was great. I remember using a turntable, two CD players, and I don't know what else we used. We used uh, some speakers from his dad's house, and we used the receiver with the fan in back of it, mm. just in case it so it won't get hot. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was it was like a ghetto setup, <laughs> but at the same time it worked out. You know, yeah. We were back there. We're you know trying our best to make the event happen with the music that we had. I um, mean, I remember the CD players will beep, beep, beep. Yeah. You know, it was, it was just funny. But thinking about it, it's like, dude, that's where we got started, you yeah. know? So me and Wally, shout out to my cousin Wally. Um, it, you know, now to this day, now we're we're still doing our thing, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So That's great to hear. I mean, everyone has to start somewhere, right? Yeah. I mean, I was recording in my, like, garage and different places here, too, with the podcast. So that's pretty cool. It's as far as being a DJ, does being up on, like, the new music and, like, the really, like, kind of turn up music, does that really, is that an important part of your job? Yeah, it's a very important job, uh, important part of our job because we have to be DJing every weekend. You know, we DJ weddings, corporate events, quinceanera, sweet 16. So we have to be on top of the new music. You know what I mean? It, let's say we're at an event and people are asking for these songs and we don't have them. Yeah, it's easy for us to go straight to Spotify or Apple Music and you know, put them to press play, mm-hmm. but having them um, practicing new mixes with the with that music, mm-hmm. it just makes it easier for us to mix it in at that right time, at mm-hmm. the right moment for them. Um, and that's when you know, okay, this guy is a DJ. He actually practices what he does. You know, before maybe at the club, at home, in his bedroom, at his office. Mm-hmm. But when he's performing at a club, when we're performing at, at the, uh, I mean at a wedding, it, it just makes it look smoother and better than just pressing play on an Apple Music or Spotify playlist. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it's important to have new music. So how many hours would you say, especially when you first started, you mentioned going back to high school, how many hours were you practicing just your DJ set? Back then? Mm-hmm. Back then, I used to practice literally every day, all day, every day. I even have videos on YouTube uh-huh. from 2007 practicing oh, wow. in my living room next to the kitchen <laughs> and you know we're there yeah. and and that's all we did after school we'll go home and practice in my room in my not in my room in our living room with all my friends and we'll just practice there and just mess around but at the same time we're getting things done mm-hmm. we're downloading music at the same time um and and the proof is there because there's videos on youtube <laughs> um i had a youtube since 2006 so mm-hmm. i've been having it for you know most more than a decade um, and I don't have million subscribers, you know, because mm-hmm. I never, ever pushed it as much. But now I'm trying to get back on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I used to practice every day. Right now, I haven't been practicing a lot lately, but we've been doing events every week, twice a week. So it gets to the point where that's where we, you know, get back at it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, during the week, like, if I come to my office, if I'm at home, chilling, hanging out, I'll put my headphones on and download new music. Mm, okay. so I'll put it onto my crates to see what, what's going to work for, for the weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, try to have the latest track, a nice party break. Because mm-hmm. um, we have, now nowadays we don't have LimeWire or BearShirt, none of that. Yeah. Nowadays we pay for record pools, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a few record pools that I use. I use Club Killers. Um, Club Killers has a variety of different genres, you know, 
for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Club Killers is like the number one. Second, I have um, Headliner Music Club, HMC, with Eric Deluxe and DJ5. Um, they have pretty dope edits, you know, when it comes to like trap, you know, EDM, and some Latin bangers. Mm-hmm. And then we also have BPM Latino, where you can download all the latest cumbias and, okay. and reggaeton, like the reggaeton's hitting a lot right now. So yeah. you definitely want to have all that. Um, and then there's a free different ones that we get through emails. Okay. Um, that some of our DJs send us over and we just share music with each other. So. It's a lot different than the waiting 15 minutes to download. Oh, on yeah, my right? Nowadays, it downloads like in five, ten seconds. Yeah. You have a song, you know, in your, <laughs> in your download box. So, yeah, definitely a big difference. So, obviously, when you do something, as long as you DJ, what, what do you love most about DJing? Uh, what I love most about DJing is uh, I think it's a feeling of just having that couple or everybody at the event having a great time everyone dancing everybody enjoying everybody smiling mm-hmm. um, but at the same time it's it's not about just the party but it's also about the process from from the day they book all the way to the day of their wedding because between those two days they st- we still get to message each other we get to email right back get to meet here at the office to to prepare for the big day you mm-hmm. know what I mean we don't just DJ and show up Right. We help them and guide them with an itinerary timeline that from the time I show up to the time I leave um, with the music selection, with what type of, where their parents from, maybe we could give them a shout out while they're dancing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's something that we like to cater to mm-hmm. and and it's just, it's just the process, you know? And it's a nice process that we go through to to make that day happen, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So that's so more like personal, intimate experience, right? Yeah, more of like building a relationship than just a client. I don't like saying client, I like saying, you know, friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yeah. So talk about how your DJing business has kind of just like grown and the evolution of the process, because obviously you started in high school and now you have your own office here in Santa Ana, but just talk about like the steps you took in between and what were some of the challenges you faced uh, a few challenges challenges that I I had were uh, I had a you know I had a job you know I used to work for the city of Santa Ana, um, and then I stopped working with them in like 2012. But at the same time, I was still DJing. Mm-hmm. I was still DJing on the weekends, but at the same time, I had a part time job. Um, wait, let me go back before that. Before that, I was 16 and I used to play soccer. So when I used to play soccer, we had soccer tournaments. It was like a two-day event, Saturday and Sunday. Um, my dad will, will get home tired, you know, all burned out. But at the same time, I would shower, get ready, and go DJ. It was like a backyard party, maybe a high school party that he just wanted to have, you know, all the party crews back in the day. Yeah. So I would tell my dad, Dad, I'm going to go DJ. Can you take me? So I didn't have a car. I didn't have a license. <laughs> I was 16. Uh-huh. So he will drop me off at a party, like at 9 p.m., 8 p.m., set up. Um, and then he will pick me up after. Dang. Um, but at the same time, there was times that Wally, at that age, he was either a year older than me or a few months older than me. So he had his uh, he had his license or his permit, mm-hmm. and he was able to drive, drive us. So we would take his Suburban, and we'll just you know party and go to all these events uh-huh. um, but yeah it was a hassle for me to go play soccer go DJ it felt like a hassle 
but I loved it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We loved it, and it was fun. Mm-hmm. So we enjoyed it. Um, right after that, I got a job right after high school. My job was City of Sanana, and at the same time, it was a full-time job during the summer, part-time after. Mm-hmm. And I was still doing the same thing, DJing, partying, um, and I wouldn't stop. It was just my thing that I like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it got to the point where I was spending all my money. When I turned 18, I was going to all these clubs, bars, and I would just spend my money on mm-hmm. random stuff. And I would I would always be broke. You know what I mean? I wouldn't yeah. save money. I'm like, I had a car payment at that at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wouldn't save money. So that those were kind of like the challenges that I had. I wouldn't save money, but at the same time, I had a DJ career or this little fun little gig that I was able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I eventually started DJing six days a week mm-hmm. from Tuesday through Sunday. Dang. Yeah. Okay. And at that time, I was not working for the city anymore. I was done with the city. So all I did was seven days, I mean, six days a week, I would DJ at a bar, at a comedy bar, mm-hmm. um, at the club, at a Spanish nightclub yeah. where they had a banda, like hollows. Um, and then Saturday, I'll probably have like my private quinceanera or wedding, okay. or just a backyard party. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday, back again at Hollows. Okay. So I'll be at Hollows probably like twice, twice, a, twice a week. Um, so I would, I was always pra- not practicing, but always doing my thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I was still broke. You know, I was like, fuck, I'm not saving <laughs> money. Uh, I, I'm not getting anywhere with this. You know, I'm just doing yeah. the same thing over and over, getting home late eating out at Denny's till like 3, 4 in the morning <laughs> and and I, I was just sleeping in late waking up and doing it again mm-hmm. you know what I mean but it wasn't really what I wanted I guess and I, I realized it until my wife well back in the day she was my girlfriend mm-hmm. um, she would always push me to do better you know what I mean and to never give up so that was she she definitely pushed me hard to like do what I wanted to do mm-hmm. um, at that time I started gaining a lot of weight and I got into LA Fitness mm. I got into LA Fitness well I started DJing for LA Fitness for their like oh promotional for events? promotional days like mm-hmm. twice a month and I will get paid um, right here at this one 17 Tustin okay but now it's a different gym um, and they will pay me and I will go but at the same time I was like dude like I'm bringing in a lot a lot of my friends and they sign up and I'm not getting paid <laughs> what's going on you know because I would post come to LA Fitness and get a free workout I'll be in the mix you know yeah. so people will show up and then when they will walk out my general manager back in the day he ended up closing those people mm. you know in a membership I was like dude how how am I not getting paid for that like I brought them in right so it got to the point where I was like you know what I need to get a job uh-huh. And back, back, it was in 2013, no, 2013, yeah, 2012, 2013, when I decided to do sales. Okay. I was like, I think I'll be good at doing sales, you know? Um, so let me try this job. So I begged the guy, which his name's Johnny. Mm-hmm. I didn't beg him, but I was like, hey, hook me up with the job. Nah, you're not, you're not going to do good here <laughs> or whatever. I was like, come on, bro, I'll bring in more people, I'll bring in more people. Mm-hmm. So he ended up giving me the opportunity to to get a job for an interview LA Fitness okay. and I worked there for two years my first month I was like the best salesman in the nation no nationwide way. yeah I will close a lot of deals on a daily basis oh, um, and not to brag you know but it, it got to that point mm-hmm. um, 
I was excited. I was fired up. More people started working at LA Fitness. A few of my we hired a few of my friends to work at LA Fitness too. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that at that time, I started working out. You know, eating healthier. Mm. I even got fit. Like a year later, I started like working out like hard. Okay. My wife or well, my girlfriend at that time, she would always work out with me after work. I would work out before before work, during work, and after work. <laughs> Damn. You know okay. what I mean? I had my cat in the water. Workout warrior. Six yeah. pack meal prep. Dude, I was fit back about six years ago. <laughs> um, so. Did the DJing stop when you were doing this? No, I was okay. still DJing constantly. Um, it got to the point where in 2013, that's when Coco got married a year later after that, but they booked with me. Mm-hmm. And. I was getting super busy at that time with corporate events, company parties, quinceañeras, weddings. So I used to meet with my clients across street, Coffee Bean mm-hmm. or at Starbucks. That was like my office. And then it got to the point where I was telling my GM, my general manager, Johnny, hey, bro, um, I have a client that's going to come in. Can I sit down with them here at, at my desk? Uh-huh. And they're like, yeah, you can, but you got to close them on a membership first. <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. That's easy. So... They came in, like Coco and Darlene came in, they sat down at my desk, they gave me a deposit at LA Fitness. Oh, okay. It was crazy, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think I signed them up, though, but I, but I know a few other people that I that came in signed up because I was telling their wives or their fiancés at that time, come on, you know, sign up, you got six months for your wedding. Right, okay. So they're like, yeah, the wives or the fiancés are like, come on, baby, just do it. Yeah. You'll get, you know, you'll probably drop a few pounds in six months. Right. All right, cool, here's my card, you know. So they yeah. will, like, I will close two deals at once at the gym. Um, but it got so, like, I was booking a lot of appointments at my office, at my office, at the gym. Yeah. That my gym's like, bro, like, our VP is here. You can't be doing that shit. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. So I just decided to go back to Coffee Bean and Starbucks during my lunch, mm-hmm. and just meet with the clients there. Um, but it was something that I liked to do. You know, I was like, dude, I was meeting with my clients during lunch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that was that, and then that's when I started into. I invested in a photo booth. Mm-hmm. Like a few, probably a few weeks after that, I was like collecting deposits. I was like, okay finally get a a photo booth you know it was back 2013 when i got my first photo booth mm-hmm. um and i got it with deposits so i was telling people or clients hey we already have the photo booth mm-hmm. do you want to book and they're like yeah and i still didn't have it <laughs> i was just in the back of my head i'm gonna buy it you know yeah so i collected deposits i bought my first photo booth my first photo booth photo booth blew up my wife helped me out a lot with it mm-hmm. um we put in a lot of work we did some free events here and there. We still do free events, you know, for like influencers on Instagram and oh, okay. and try to help out nonprofits and all that stuff. So we've been doing great with the photo booth company. The photo booth company just got to the point where it's just just getting booked every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, man, I just I I went through so much through those few years that. In 2014, like in February 2014, I, I decided to just be like, you know what, I can't I can't work here no more, because I knew in the back of my head I was like I could do this, you know, if mm-hmm. if I could quit my job, I'm gonna be able to work, you know, once a week during the week, and I'm gonna get paid for whatever they're gonna pay me at LA Fitness every two weeks, right? Because LA Fitness will just pay you hourly, like minimum wage, and then you had to work off commission. 
Right. That's okay. why there you got to be hustling and fucking doing sales all day long. If you don't hustle, you're not going to get paid. Um, so that's when I decided, you know, fuck this shit, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> so I was like, I quit. My boss, my GMs are like, bro, you don't even have to take your two weeks, two week notice. Just get out of here. You know? Yeah. You don't even want to be here anymore. Just uh-huh. go do your thing, you know? I'm like, all right, cool. You know, so I was happy. I was like, fuck, I'm finally on my own. What are, What's the next step, you know? So that's when I started my DBA as a soap prop. Um, I had a soap prop for about two, almost, yeah, like two years, um, maybe three, you know, try to do it the right way, try to pay taxes, try to basically do it legit. Another mistake that I had was not talking to people before I did the right entity or picked the right entity mm. because I... Uh, I got a soap prop and and it didn't work out. It did work out, but I had other goals in mind. Mm-hmm. And with the soap prop, I wasn't going to achieve those. Can you explain what that is for just in case like any of the listeners who don't know what that is? Yeah, uh, ent- an entity for a business is basically, um, you know, w- what you want to do with your business. So a soap prop is a sole proprietorship. You're basically working not working under your name. So mm-hmm. doing business as. So what you need to do as a sole prop, you need to go to the bank account. Actually, you got to go to the uh, I think it's building 12, <laughs> the city hall, um, and get yourself, you know, register your name, mm-hmm. put it in a newspaper, and then go to the bank and open up a business account okay. with that EIN number. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the sole prop, you only get a you still use your social security. You don't get an EIN number mm-hmm. unless you became a, become a corporation, S-Corp, C-Corp, or an LLC. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few years later, I just became a, a SOAP, I mean, a S-Corp. Mm-hmm. So I opened my own corporation. Um, and owning your own corporation, you could definitely do a lot of things and save more money during tax season. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you, Luis... Is working for Bevel Entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not Luis working for for uh, Luis because mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you with the soap uh, with the S corp you have protection um, and the privacy, which you know you don't want people to know all about your business, right? Um, but protection protection of your assets. So let's say something happens, a liability, the speaker falls on someone's head. Oh, um, right. they'll try to sue. They'll they will sue you or they'll sue Bevel Entertainment. So they'll go against those assets you yeah. know like maybe my equipment maybe the money I have in the account yeah but then at the same time they're not gonna go towards Luis Nava yeah which I'm the owner let's say if I have a house they're not gonna go to you know, oh okay, okay right so there's uh, a lot of things I, I tried to learn at that time and I didn't get to that point because I was asking the wrong people um, so that's when I started doing a lot of networking and going out to all these events uh, meeting new people, meeting new business owners, and asking them questions. Um, like you said, you have a few mentors, right? So at the same time, I tried to find the mentors that I wanted. So all I did was just try to educate myself through YouTube, um, podcast, mm-hmm. like Johnny Dumas, JLD. But then I found this, uh, found all these other DJs, like in the other side of town, like New Jersey and the oh, East wow. Coast, yeah. that, um, that they were you know talking about their careers and about what they went through and what oh what they should be doing with their business so it got to the point for all the questions that i wanted 
Mm-hmm. Well, I was asking like restaurant owners and <laughs> yeah. these people don't know about DJ company, you yeah, know? Of course, yeah. So so yeah, I learned a lot from doing all that. And and now well now our company has grown tremendously since those those five years since I quit LA Fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time I'm still DJing, I'm still doing my thing. Um, I have a group of DJs that they all work on their own, you know, like Johnny Kicks, Jesse G, DJ Soul, um, AJ, my brother Fernando. He's always helped me out through through everything. And we have this little group that mm-hmm. we always message on Instagram. It's like a little group that we have. And like, if we need a DJ, we just you know ask them. Right. Um, but at the same time, they they work on their own. They have, they have their own little company. You know, they have their own company. Um, but when I book them as a subcontractor, they'll go and do a gig for me. Okay. Um, and they'll be representing DJ Bevel Entertainment, mm-hmm. which is cool. You know what I mean? Like, it's not about, it's all about everybody winning, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there's a lot of other DJs that just want to burn bridges and try to steal your clients and shit like that. Yeah. That's what a lot of DJs are scared of. A lot of, like, I took the risk of having them on board, you know what I mean? And hopefully they, they respect, you know, our our culture and all that but if they can like eventually you're gonna find out you're gonna be like okay that's it you know mm-hmm. it, it happens it happens to everybody um and it has happened to me in the past where there's a dj that comes in and then they end up stealing our clients and then Dang. next year they're doing the same company party or whatever event they're doing wow, yeah. and or like dude that's my client and yeah like you already know you know like undercut you yeah yeah and and it happens and can't do nothing about it mm-hmm. you know what I mean just move on and keep pushing keep pushing for more keep growing and and keep getting motivated with other people you mm-hmm. know what I mean but never stop um, and that's where I'm at now where it's like you know what's the next move what are we going to do now mm-hmm. um, to grow the company and yeah that's cool just hearing your story is really inspiring because I also just got hired at 24 hour fitness okay but Oh, I think I seen you at twenty four then. Yeah, okay. The main place? No, no, no. The one at uh. Well, I work out there, but I oh. go to. I work at the one off Orangewood. Orangewood. Okay. No, but that that one too, I have the chance to make commission, and it, it's a lot more rewarding than obviously the hourly jobs, right? Because if you hustle, like you said, you can make a pretty good amount on the checks, and so that's been a fun experience. But just, I mean, it's kind of sidetracking. It's still related, but to what you're saying, I feel like you know. I went to public schools and I just feel like generally public schools don't really basically put you in position to like own your own business, right? They kind of like public schools mainly to push you into nine to fives or go to school and, and continue education. But I mean, your struggles that you faced was not just only like filing your taxes and, and getting your own thing set up. But I feel like that's what a lot of people just talking to other friends who are trying to do their own thing. They have no guidance. They don't know what to turn to. Obviously now it's great that there's podcasts, there's YouTube videos, and there's people like Gary Vee and just other mentors that are kind of like with via the, the social media platform that are helping them out. But a lot of like my friends, people my age in that young 20s, mid 20s, kind of like when you're doing your thing too, there's not a lot of guidance. We don't know how, we come out of school not knowing how to do any of those things, which is kind of shitty at the same time, because you really sometimes, you can, you can really sink or swim really fast. And if you sink, that's obviously not ideal, but it can turn someone away from pursuing their dream and really what they want to do, you know? Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah, there's a lot of help nowadays with mm-hmm. YouTube. Like you said, podcasts, and I, I'm a big podcast listener. 
I hardly like to read, but I like listening to Audible. Mm. Ooh, I'm still going to listen to a book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I could multitask while I'm driving, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because as a business owner, you got to be doing a lot of things, not just be sitting down at the office, you know what I mean? We do a lot of stuff. We we deal with clients. We email back. We have to create, um, you know, photo booth designs, logos, and, you know, create invoices, um, a lot of things that go out with the business mm-hmm. that people don't see, and they just think, "Oh, this guy's successful because you know he's doing great." But they don't—they never saw mm-hmm. those 15 years of hard work mm-hmm. that you know I've been DJing since I was 15. I'm 30 now, so this is 15 years of a, went a long way. Now I'm able to have this free time. You know, I'm able to be here with you doing the podcast, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, I'm able to hang out with my son. Mm-hmm. You know when I can when I want um, but that's that's priceless you know what I mean mm-hmm. and it's all about working hard for a long period of time and then enjoying the rest that's kind of like what entrepreneurship means mm-hmm. in a way basically the process and just keep pushing until you get to that point you know mm-hmm. so. so tell me how you came up with the name DJ Bebo is that a nickname <laughs> yeah Bebo it's my nickname since I was a kid um, when I was two, when I was one, my niece or my cousin Cindy, she would call me Bebo instead of Baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you know, as growing up in, in the apartments right here down the street, um, all my friends started calling me Bebo, 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 Bebo for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, when we we're in high school, Bebo, and then I was like, dude, I need to become, with the, I need to, I need to come up with the DJ name. DJ Bebo, you know what yeah. I mean? So I was like, okay, everybody knows me by DJ Be- by Bebo, so yeah. DJ Bebo, and then after that, I just came became DJ Bebo Entertainment, which was a DBA, and now we have a corporation, which is Bebo Entertainment Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that a larger-than-life feeling to have, like, a childhood nickname now as, like, the <laughs> name of a corporation, you know? Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I, I A lot of people have been telling me, you should change your name, you know, not a lot of people are going to want to hire you because it sounds like Bebo Entertainment it sounds like weird like yeah. why don't you why don't you change it to like wedding wedding something, something more professional more professional yeah, yeah. I was like quote. you know what it's not about the name it's all about the brand you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. all about branding nowadays um, because we have so many tools to just take our brand to the next level or our name to the next level like I said everyone knows me as Bebo so sometimes people are like oh I heard about you you know what I mean mm-hmm. I don't know they heard of about me somewhere someone um but it, it's gone a long way and i'm gonna keep it that way mm-hmm. till you know you never know yeah you know what i mean it might be like you know orange county's you know number one dj company or whatever you know yeah. we actually landed number one in santa Ana. okay there you, you know go. what i mean so that's that's a start i guess yeah. um and we're pretty proud of that you know we have a lot of good yelp reviews and mm-hmm. and and a lot of great reviews on, and a lot of referrals, a lot of, you know, we, we do a lot of social media stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of video content that's produced by my buddy Adrian and some videographers that are at weddings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me, because you grew up in Santa Ana too, and I'm sure, you, you know, not everyone gets to pursue their own business and have their own career coming from Santa Ana. Talk about what that kind of means to you as far as coming from your beginnings. I think um, it's just something to be proud of, I guess, being from Santa Ana and and being able to DJ at all these events, especially um, at my middle school, at my high school, 
and now I used to attend all those dances. Now I'm DJing for those dances. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's something that I'm proud of to be part of Santa and be able to DJ all over Santa and all over Orange County. Like I said, all over Southern California. Um, we've we've DJed other spots as well. I've gone flown to Hawaii to DJ. Oh no way! Um, I've done events in like TJ, Fresno up north. Wow. Um, so we've traveled, you know, quite a few, not not a lot, but, you know, we've done it. And I'm pretty happy to say that we're able to, to do that, you know what I mean? Especially mm-hmm. coming from Sarana. I know a lot of people think that a kid from Sarana is not going to be able to be successful, mm-hmm. being especially being a Latino um, or Hispanic. And I, I think that I'm able to overcome that and become the person that I, I want to be by, you know, doing all this hard work mm-hmm. and not let anyone stop me mm-hmm. and it has to do a lot also by you know your partner like my wife she pushed me a lot to become where i'm at now that that i'm very happy to have her you know i'm like and you know now we have a son and it's just even better you know mm-hmm. what i mean now it's like let's see work even harder you know what i mean so i'm very proud about that mm-hmm. you know? Do you like giving back? Because you mentioned the middle schools and the high schools you DJ. Do you like giving back to you know the community and places you grew up from? Yeah, definitely. We do give a lot. You know, we do give back to our community. Um, there's a lot of community leaders here in Orange County, so we tend to help them out with nonprofits. The city of Savannah, they have talent shows. Um, they have. We do a lot of senior centers. Mm. Um, you know, we get to go and DJ at the senior center, and they get to dance. You know, for a whole two hours um, in the morning because they they party <laughs> from ten a.m. to like one thirty, and then they go home <laughs> on the little shuttle bus. Yeah. Um, but it's fun, you know, to see them dance, see them smile, and and it's one thing that we we do for the community. Um, some companies do pay us. Some people we just do it for you know for fun. Um, because we have the time, um, you know, I, I feel like if we give, we'll, you know, we're going to get back. So mm-hmm. we tend to give a lot to, to a lot okay, to nice. the community for sure. So from the senior citizens to the middle school to the quince's weddings, I mean, do you have like preference of venues or like what kind of do you enjoy most, if anything? I enjoy any type of event, you uh-huh. know, especially if we've never been to that venue or place. I'm more excited to, to even do it because... We, we as a DJ company, we have a vision. And having a vision is like, okay, you know, we gotta, what can we do here to make it look even better? Mm-hmm. Even if they don't wanna pay for that service, we'll probably add it just to make it even look better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So those are like the, the things that we have that we're able to do for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just something exciting, you know? Yeah. yeah. Can you elaborate more on your vision and what, do you, what your plan is for the vision? The vision and long-term yeah, goals? Yeah, long-term goals. Yeah, the vision and my long-term goals. Well, I, I do have a vision and eventually growing the DJ company into basically having all my DJs working every weekend mm-hmm. without me even being, or without me working that day. I, I feel mm-hmm. like I want to be, maybe when my son gets older, I want to be at his soccer games or his baseball games or whatever he's doing at that time, um, be there for him on the weekends. Because right now it's a DJ company, it's hard for us to 
take the time and be like, I don't want to DJ this wedding. I'm going to go see my son. Right. I know right now we have, you know, we're in good health. We're able to do anything we want. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But as I get older, it's not going to get to that level. You know what I mean? So I think the goal is to eventually have, you know, this whole company probably booking about, you know, I don't know, say 30 events a week without me even working. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm going to be working during the week, maybe just doing a few contracts here and there. Yeah. But I don't want to be working on weekends. Mm -hmm. So the goal is for one day just be hanging out with my son, be able to take vacations when I want without me managing the company. Mm -hmm. Maybe having a general manager running the company, you know, doing all that on the side. So that I think that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Has there ever been any moments throughout your career in this DJing or entertainment business that it's just really like stood out to you as far as like made you the most proud or just made you the most excited? I think what makes us proud and excited is like having these Yelp reviews, you know? Mm -hmm. These just reviews, these referrals, how people talk about us, you know? Um, And that's something exciting for us because, you know, we put all that time and effort for an event and they're talking really great about us that's something that we get excited about mm-hmm. um, but other than that thing that we get excited is you know buying new gear mm-hmm. um, showing it off to the clients and and pictures and video content that's something that we're pretty excited about Yelp is pretty cool just cause it's like it's like word of mouth but times a thousand cause it's online and anytime someone comes they'll leave a review or that kind of stuff cause it helps you find all kinds of things not just the DJing, but just like restaurants or different places here and there. I think Yelp is is really cool because I'm sure, you know, back then when you first started DJing in high school and even middle school, there was nothing like Yelp yeah. out there to kind of help promote your business, right? Yeah. Yeah, so nowadays uh, we're doing a lot of social media marketing, mm-hmm. um, a lot of Facebook ads, Instagram ads, um, posting content all over the social media platforms. Because that's where the attention's at. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Gary Vee says, you know, he he likes where the attention is at. And we're in times where everyone's on their phones, you know what I mean? All day, every day. Like, mm-hmm. nowadays, don't, people don't want to pay for a billboard. No, yeah. I wanted to pay for a billboard not too long ago, but I was like, why am I going to pay three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 when I could spend, you know, way less than that on social How much a billboard cost? They, they have different pricing okay. depending on the area. Mm-hmm. Like, I know there's a spot that I really wanted my billboard at. It was right here when you go towards the Angel Stadium. I think they have the library, Gentleman's Club there. Oh, they have okay. Sahara's. <laughs> I think that, that, that's a perfect spot to have it at. Yeah, yeah. Maybe have, like, the Sahara in the front and DJ Bell in the back. They're always <laughs> going to look at the sexy girl, like, yeah. posing and shit. So it's all about, you know, mm-hmm. um, sex sales, basically. Yeah, of course. So, but nowadays we have these tools and platforms where you're able to market a niche and the, you know, the age group, mm-hmm. just females are using to target engaged couples and all that. Mm-hmm. So there, there's so many tools nowadays that you're able to market to someone in a better way. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I'd rather do that now. Yeah. Because everyone's on their phone, man. All day you see someone driving, they're on their phone. Mm-hmm. The passenger guys or girls always on the phone, right? Um, and it's that's where the attention's at. So that's I, I'm a big I'm a graphic designer. Okay, I do videos here and there too, but um, but I started doing Photoshop not like in high school. Mm-hmm. 
and ever since then like now I design everything for myself my flyers everything I design the custom gobos the, the names of the brides and grooms wow. I design all that I design the photo booth uh, photo booth um, layouts mm-hmm. so graphic design has helped me a lot with my with my business mm-hmm. so I don't have to pay a, another person to do it right eventually yeah it's gonna get to the point where I have to pay a graphic designer and sit here and design a whole work or or use fiber and all that because I'm gonna be busy dealing with a client or something you know what I mean yeah hey, it's gonna get to that point where I'm gonna hire a, you know assistant to write all my emails because um, I feel like that's where I need the assistance right now because it's hard for me to reply to all my people right mm-hmm. now but you know I eventually you're gonna know when's the right time to do that mm-hmm. as a business owner was the graphic design all self-taught or did you go to classes or just learn that on YouTube I took I took one class mm-hmm. in college but it was like the basics of Photoshop mm-hmm. after that I uh, I dropped out of college and I learned all my shit through YouTube so it's called YouTube University I learned, <laughs> learned how to design Photoshop I learned how to edit videos through Adobe Premiere Pro mm-hmm. um, and I literally learned everything on YouTube. Yeah, that's the beauty of YouTube, though. I mean, anytime there's something wrong with my car, before I take it to the shop or the mechanic, <laughs> I always try and see, like, okay, like, what is it? I type it in YouTube. Like, what does it mean if I'm making this sound and can I fix it? And just look up different videos. And sometimes, sometimes you got to search. Sometimes you watch a 10-minute video and don't find anything you you want for that particular scenario. But you can learn so much through YouTube now. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Another thing I learned through YouTube and and all these video platforms, I uh, I do social media marketing. I have mm-hmm. another company where I do uh, social media marketing for small business owners. Mm. So that's another thing that we do is you know help small businesses grow through social media mm-hmm. with you know creating flyers for them, creating nice pictures, creating their audiences for Facebook ads, mm-hmm. Instagram, um, and that's another thing that I enjoy doing. That's why I decided to just do it as a business as well mm-hmm. and our company is called Millennial Creation mm, okay um, started that company in 2017 um, and, and yeah it's, it's going great mm-hmm. and um, yeah man it's it's uh, it was time consuming though but it, it's <laughs> worth it yeah talk about the difficulties with that area of like finding the what is the ad placements and that kind of stuff and also the difficulties of juggling two different you know corporations yeah, so the about the ad areas and all that good stuff. Um, all I I took a course with Ty Lopez it was a social media class that he had for like a thousand dollars that me and my brother um, got, and I think I got my first client by by uh, just watching like four of his videos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> four videos later, I ended up getting my first client. Okay, you know what I mean. But at the same time, I was still watching videos and practicing and doing and testing out stuff and seeing what worked or what did not work mm-hmm. um, because when you find find the right audience or the amount of money you're putting in I will probably start with like five dollars a day and test it out to see what's going to work best yeah. um, that's when I was like okay this is a good we can add I'm going to put my money into it mm-hmm. um, but it's all about testing um, I know it's hard just to be here's ten dollars just run it you know but you got to do it. You know what I mean? If mm-hmm. you don't do it, you're never going to find out. Right. Um, and Ty Lopez's videos kind of helped me out a lot. And Ty Lopez had a, like an army of 
social media millennials just there helping and, and doing videos for him. All he did was just marketing that to sell it online. Oh, okay. But then all these guys blew up, you know. I, I know a few other guys that, that took that course and they're making over $100,000. You know what I mean? Just off of marketing? Social media marketing, yeah. yeah. Wow. There's people that charge about, you know, $5,000 a month to do marketing because there's other companies like big, big high-end companies that charge about 20000 mm-hmm. a month to do social media platforms and all that and they're not getting any results mm-hmm. when there's like a guy that will do your company all day long for $5,000 a month. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they will get you results. Uh-huh. So, yeah, people make a lot of money off of social media marketing and I know it's it's a big thing now. I feel like if we don't take advantage of it now, later on it's going to fly away and we're going to be like, fuck, I should have taken advantage of that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's a growing uh, growing platform for yeah. sure. Like it's just growing exponentially. You know, even if you think like the ad plays, there wasn't if you look at Facebook now, there wasn't that many ads. Five, six years ago, nope, 2013, 14, there wasn't that much. Now it's just crazy. Instagram, too, every three posts is an ad. Snapchat, everything. Everything has ads, and it's it's wild to see the growth of it. Yeah, even Snapchat. I, um, I remember back when Snapchat came out, mm-hmm. when the filters came out, mm-hmm. um, you know how you could create your own filters? Right. I used to uh, create filters. They used to cost $5. Mm-hmm. Nowadays they cost way more than that. So <laughs> yeah. and I, I used to uh, pay five dollars for them, but I would charge sixty dollars to the clients mm-hmm. to have it at their event, you know. But it was a good, a good. I I ended up getting some good money out of that for like the past from like two thousand sixteen to two thousand eighteen. Mm-hmm. Right now it's kind of slowed down, but I even created one online for Sanana for the city of Sanana. Mm-hmm. It was a community filter, oh, okay. and it had it probably hit over 40 million views already oh, wow. and I'm able to see that because I created it yeah. so every day it keeps growing um, and, it, and it's pretty pretty amazing how that shit works you know what I mean it's, it's just it's just crazy what was your design for the Santa Ana community one it's uh, if you go on snap let's see if it's on here right now it's because uh, I want to check that out <laughs> yeah it's a Santa Ana one I can't even show you the numbers so if you take a picture and then you swipe Left, there's some area. This one, that's my design. No way, the downtown Santa Ana. Yeah, I've seen, oh my god, really? I've seen that for like, well, I think it's the same one, but I've seen that for like this a few years. Right? I've designed that one. Yeah, so that one's has has hit over of millions of views. How long have you had that one out? I can show you right now, but turn on my snap. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's one of my designs. That was one of the first designs. I even created shirts because mm-hmm. I wanted to sell them. So a lot of people seen the logo. Yeah. So it's like, fuck, people are going to be like, okay, seen the logo. I want to buy the shirt. Mm-hmm. But I still haven't really pushed that. That's another thing that I wanted to do, start like a clothing brand, clothing mm-hmm. company when I was at the gym because all we did was work out. Yeah, yeah. So uh, like athletic apparel? Yeah. Okay. But I didn't push it. It wasn't something that I liked to that. What I didn't like about it is that I had to go drop off at the mailbox, wrap it down, and take it. You yeah, know, that was the only thing I didn't like. My brother loves doing that because he still does it, but he does like eBay, he sells on eBay, like used clothes and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that's where everyone's buying stuff, you know, online. Um, other than that, uh, what was the second question you asked? 
Um, just difficulty to, like running two different things from the social oh, media okay. marketing to also the entertainment for DJ Bevel. Yeah, so running two things, juggling back and forth, it's all about scheduling your, your time. Because if you don't schedule your time, if you don't do a to-do list, you're going to be lost. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you could just do a to-do list in your head, but I yeah. like writing it down. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, if I don't write it down, I'll do it on my notes on my phone. But I, I like checking it off every mm-hmm. time I get it done. Doing it from like the the hardest thing to do to like the easiest thing at the end. Mm-hmm. And, and with that, it brings me a lot of success because I'm able to accomplish that by just visualizing, okay, I need to get this shit done. Mm-hmm. It, but I think what works best is writing it down and having that paper there. Mm-hmm. Because writing it down is just, I guess it's proved, proven that it has worked better than writing it on the, on the phone. Right. Because you're literally writing it. Um, so yeah, those are things that I like to get done. I have a, a whiteboard in my, in my room that I like to get to write shit. Yeah. Write it off or, or if I write a goal, I want to make this much money this month, you know, just yeah. look at it every morning while I wake up. Um, there's a lot of things that motivate me through through visual vi, vi, visualization. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, juggling two things is all about scheduling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know like the phones are great and stuff too, but I and you can create like this the calendars and you can set appointments and all that kind of stuff. Basically, a to do list online or on the phone or on an app. But I really like to just putting it down on the calendar, right? Just I buy a calendar every year, and even though sometimes I don't look at it as much or as much as I want to. I always write down like important dates in advance, you know, anytime it's I have certain assignment. It's exactly, it's the best, especially if it's like hanging right before my door, you know, I can see on the way out of my room, I just like, okay, I know I have this in two days, let me prepare for this, or I have this today, do today, so let me, you know, get this done in advance, that kind of stuff. Yeah, man, it helps a lot. Um, I have one in my desk in front of my computer, it's mm-hmm. big big ones from FedEx oh, okay. or Target they're like $5 yeah. they're like the best calendars for me because I write down every date that I'm going to DJ for mm-hmm. and the whole year and I'm able to be like okay cool I have an event this day this day but at the same time I have QuickBooks you know I have a calendar there that gives me all the dates of what I got to mm-hmm. do um, but yeah man having it written down is just the best for me mm-hmm. not for everyone but for, for me at the moment yeah. So earlier we were talking about the Snapchat filter that you created for downtown Santa Ana, and I wanted to ask you, because you're a little older than I have, and my parents always tell me downtown Santa Ana wasn't the prettiest place to go to, but now it seems very popping. Um, there's a lot of new apartments opening up, um, a lot of new people are coming in, but just talk about like the growth of Santa Ana from when you were a kid to now what Santa Ana is now. Yeah, so um, when I was a kid, all, we used to go to La Calle Cuatro, mm-hmm. where it was called... Um, we will go there. I remember my parents used to take me right there on, um, right on Fort, and right by the Yost. They used to yeah. have like a little, um, what's it called? Like a flea market? No, like for those horses. Oh, carousel. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I can't think about it right yeah, they had a carousel for a long time, long period of time, right next to, I think it's called La Michoacana now. Yeah. They would always sell ice cream there for the past time, but they made it into La Michoacana now. Um, so I remember going there, getting the carousel, walking around, you know, buying chips, buying, you know, um, raspados, mm-hmm. and just walking basically. Um, and back in the day, all they had was like quinceanera stores. Freaking Mexican, Hispanic people will like have their stores there. N- nowadays, they have they have a few, but not as many. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like their lease is going to come up and they're going to get rolled out. Mm-hmm. Um, so nowadays, you know, there's a lot of investors that invested in the city of San. I mean, downtown Sanana. Mm-hmm. Um, like they started with Chapter One. Um, they have um, they have uh, a copper door right under. I DJ there. Okay. Um, my buddy Alvin, he's the owner of the, the copper door. Oh wow! Um, and I have a few DJs that DJ there every week. Dang, I have I a few friends at security there. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> yeah, so um, it. It got so popular now, like Proof Bar. There's a lot of bars, little mm-hmm. spots to hang out. Um, they have Hector's, which my buddy owns too. I think he told me he just sold it to the other owner. But then there's another. There's a lot of little spots nowadays that you could go and hang out, have a drink, and, and socialize, you know? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they have that little nightlife, kind of like downtown Fullerton, but not to the extent of downtown yeah. Fullerton. But it gets pretty crowded and packed there all, every weekend, mm-hmm. especially on Saturdays. So... Um, you know, it's a good spot to hang out at, and you know they have everything there. That I like, I like going to downtown Santa now. Like I have my office, mm-hmm. but I like going to downtown and hanging out, taking my laptop and design, have coffee at. I like going to um, Portola Coffee mm-hmm. at the Fourth Street Market. Um, I like going to um, what's it? Cafe Calaca. They changed the name. Cafe. They they changed it to um, Cafe Cultura. Mm-hmm. Um, they have good coffee, by the way. Uh, my buddy owns that place too so I like you know supporting all these people and at the same time I enjoy it being there especially because you're from Santa Ana you know what I mean and nowadays you see like a a different you know different crowd you know you see demographics demographics is like crazy which is cool you know nowadays Mm. you don't just see Hispanics you see everything uh, which is pretty nice you know And, and I like like I said I like going to downtown and I feel like my office is in, on 4th Street. Everybody thinks that it's in downtown. Like, oh, you have a DJ company in, on 4th Street? They're like, I got here early because I thought I was going to find parking. I'm like, oh, no, it's yeah. not on 4th Street. It's right here. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's pretty cool. You know, nowadays it's, it's mm-hmm. a like, nicer environment. Yeah, seeing it, how it's grown. And even they'll have like different concerts or different um, festivals, mm-hmm. different little like, not flea markets, but just like different where different vendors will come and it'll be like a whole gang of vendors from all kinds of places. But it's very, it's very cool. Like you said, comparing it to DTF, obviously it's not the level of DTF, it's a little bit more laid back, but it's cool because they'll still have the car shows and you'll see, still, you'll still see a lot of like, like old Santa Ana there, but then there's just like a lot of new Santa Ana there too. And like you said, the demographic's crazy too because there's a lot of like, like bars that are very hip or very like hipster hipster for sure. Yeah, exactly. So, the demographic has changed just from even when I like was of age and started going out and that kind of stuff. But it's pretty cool just seeing it as a place that people can come to, really enjoy themselves. It's safe, yeah, a lot cleaner, that kind of stuff. It's it's nice to see. Yeah, definitely, man. And I said I enjoy going there at least once a week. You know, I try to get out of my comfort zone just being here at my office and try to go there mm-hmm. and get different ideas because um, we do marketing for restaurants so it's like I want to see what's new what's hot and it just gives me different ideas in my head mm-hmm. um, and like I said running a business you have the time to do that a lot, there's a lot of people that work 9 to 5 mm-hmm. and it's hard for them to accomplish things when I used to have my 9 to 5 all I did was go to work I can work hard but at the same time I would work for after work all the way till like 3, 4 in the morning you mm-hmm. know what I mean and and I don't think no one ever saw that only my wife did you know she would see me like grind all day all night 
and and it's crazy like that hard work and dedication that you mm-hmm. put in no one's seen until you accomplish something oh that guy got successful out of nowhere you know yeah, what I mean yeah. um, so it's uh, it's all about working hard man and putting in the work that's all mm-hmm. it is putting in the work to mm-hmm. get results yeah that's a good thing to kind of like that's a good topic to, to kind of wrap things up just because like you said perfectly people don't under, people just see your success and be like oh he's been successful for this long no matter what and you know he never had to work the 9 to 5 and I know a lot of people who are at 9 to 5s or just you know your basic full time jobs whether it's not 9 to 5 or not but they, they want to pursue something else but they are afraid to leave it and they're afraid to take that risk or they're just they're not willing to commit that time because yeah you're working in the 9 to 5 but then I also have to put 4, 5, 6 hours on top of right after work and trying to commit to this and similar to like what I do with the podcast I, I juggle two part time jobs an internship and then still trying to find time to do yeah. a podcast basically if you could give any advice to someone who is working a nine-to-five and has aspirations of kind of starting their own business whether it's DJing or not what advice would you give them um, well the advice I would give you guys definitely like I said I remember a quote that I would always go based off by Jim Rome was uh, work full-time on your job and part-time on your fortune and then eventually you're gonna flip that around mm-hmm. um, because like I like I did, um, all I was doing I was DJing. I was working my jobs, but at the same time I still had my side hustle, which was DJing that became into a business. But it took me, you know, a few years to get to where I'm at now, and and it's definitely rewarding. So just you know, if you have that time, schedule your time, um, go out there, look for something that you like to do and you're passionate about. And, and go all, you don't have to go all in, like, you know. You could probably just test it out, see what works and what you like. And then from there, um, if you know that's something that you want to do and it's going to pay off, it's going it, it, to be rewarding for you, you know, go all in. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you got to try it out first because if you don't try, you're never going to find out. Mm-hmm. So I implore all of you guys to go work and then after work put in that extra time extra hours to 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 work on that business you have or you have in mind Mm -hmm. because a lot of people talk 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 but they don't do the walk you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and it's all about putting in the work like i said so get motivated listen to audiobooks uh check out youtube video listen to gary v he's super motivating yeah um and and just fucking do it yeah (laughs) Just do it like Nike, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to end it. I, one, one quote that I heard from a professor when I was in college, he said, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And so I think that's just like a, the ultimate, like kind of the point you're trying to get across. And I think the point to anyone wanting to pursue a passion or unsure about pursuing a passion, and that's what you got to do because at the end of the day, we're, you don't want to just work till you die, right? No one does, yeah. um, especially working a job that you don't like. Definitely, yeah. That's one of my favorite quotes, by the way. Another quote that I like is, uh, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm. So if you're surrounded with, you know, the people that are always complaining and telling you that you're not able to succeed, get away from those people, you know. Mm -hmm. Hang out with other people that are going to networking events that like what they're doing and that are going to push you Mm -hmm. to to a whole nother level Um, find those people you know what I mean it's going to be a little difficult at the beginning but you're eventually going to find out what's going to be working or not so so yeah man just uh, fucking go out there and just fucking do it that's one of the toughest parts not to just keep your action dragging this along but 
right after high school, these people you grew up with for so long, whether you were from elementary school or from middle school, from high school, you know, the people you eventually have to kind of cut ties. Not with everyone, but there's eventually, you know, a few friends that you were close to that you disconnect from just because you guys have separate goals or just different energies. That's tough, definitely, for people coming out of high school at that age, you know, just because you have to branch out. You have to branch yourself, meet new friends, meet new people that are kind of on the same wavelength you are. True. That's true. Um, luckily, at that time, in my high school career, I was in sports and I was still DJing, so I was mm-hmm. still in that positive positive direction where I was able to to um, to keep it cool, you know. Mm-hmm. But then I got to the point where I was DJing, and then I stopped playing sports because I started drinking, mm-hmm. and it was it was a little bit more difficult to to with the competition for college soccer and all that, you know. Right. That's why I decided, I was like, you know what, I, I think there's too much competition for me now. Yeah. Um, but you know, I followed what I wanted to do and 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 never gave up. Mm-hmm. And and so for all of you guys listening, never give up on your dreams. You're probably closer than you think. Mm-hmm. And. That's it, man. Fucking, just fucking do it. <laughs> well, this has been a pleasure, man. Really appreciate it, Luis. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And um, if you guys want to check me out on Instagram, Facebook, check me out through uh, DJ Bebo, my personal page, my company page is DJ Bebo ENT. Um, our photo booth company is Photo Booth Bomber on Instagram. And our um, social media marketing is Millennial Creation. And our website is www.djbebbleentertainment.com. Thank you, guys. Noah Alvarez here. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the My Mike and I podcast. A reminder, this podcast can be found on Apple, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, you name it. All the podcast listening platforms. And if there's something that it's not on, please let me know. Reach out to me at Twitter at underscore noah alvarez also follow the my mike and i page on instagram at my period mike and period i like i said in the beginning of the show i also post polls and questions on there and i'm gonna start doing this thing on a weekly basis where maybe i just you know have you the listeners ask questions that i will answer on the show in the intro or maybe the outro too just trying to see what else we could do here just to incorporate more of listener get some listener involvement with the show just really trying to expand any way possible just really grateful guys i'm doing the best i can with this podcast i'd really appreciate if you guys left a rating a review subscribe to us on apple or if you're listening on soundcloud you know be sure to follow um, give us a like as well just do whatever you can to help promote the podcast i would greatly appreciate it i'm noah alvarez of the my mike and i podcast signing off till next time